Hello there. Hi. Ladies and gentlemen. Um, let's talk sponsors before we get into the... Let's talk. Into the meat. <laughs> <laughs> so, Adaptive Tactical. Adaptive Tactical has over 40 years of firearm design and engineering expertise. What do they do, you may ask? Tell them, Kevin. What don't they do? They do a lot of cool stuff. Milk them rub your back and everything. Yeah, I mean, if you hit up Adaptive Tactical and ask them to come give you a massage, they might not really do it, but who knows? They might do it. <laughs> but no, they, they make uh, a lot of accessories for firearms, including butt stocks, grips, all that good stuff. And it's better than that. They're just like cool people, which we kind of have a... We made a deal when we started this podcast when we have sponsors is we want to actually like the people that are running the company and we want to like their products and Adaptive Tactical checks all those boxes. So go check them out at AdaptiveTactical.com and when you check out, our listeners get a discount if you use the code MP20 at checkout. And also, if you spend over $50, you get free shipping. How about them apples? That's really good. That is really good. So yeah, AdaptiveTactical.com, MP20 at checkout, and I get you a discount. Our next sponsor is Mountain Primal Meat. We've They were our first sponsor we ever had, still going, and they have amazing meat. So she said. <laughs> uh, yeah, so <laughs> that's what she said. Um <laughs> Yeah, so mountainprimal.com, if you use the code MISSIONPREP, all one word at checkout, that'll get you a discount, 15% off. And they have everything from beef to pork to elk to bison. And they are very delicious and nutritious and all that good stuff. So mountainprimal.com, code MISSIONPREP at checkout. Let's get into the episode. Do it. All right. All right, so today joining us, we have Brady Speth from Right On Optics. Um, I guess we'll just go ahead and let you tell our listeners who you are, what your company is, and all that good stuff. Um, thanks. Thanks for having me. Super excited to be on the podcast. Um, yeah, so my name is Brady Speth. I'm the founder and CEO of Right On Optics. Um, if you haven't heard of us, then get out from under the rock that you're currently living under <laughs> and uh, go to your sporting goods store and figure out who Right On is. Um, no, we, uh, we do... Uh, optics so we do binoculars rifle scopes red dots um anything to do in kind of the quote-unquote outdoor optic world um our, our forte is uh rifle scopes but we we do kind of the other side of that too with red dots and binoculars and and kind of expanding into all outdoor optics and coming here shortly down the road awesome yeah because uh, i've been talking with uh austin who works mm-hmm. with you and he he actually lives here which yeah, kind of a small small world, but I'm glad he set this up because I've seen you guys. You guys are hitting it pretty hard, like getting out there. I saw you guys were with guys at the UFC a couple weeks ago, and you guys are getting the word out there. That's good. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a crazy thing. So we kind of a little background. Um, me and my wife started this company in twenty oh geez twenty fifteen twenty fourteen now. Geez, time flies. Um, 
we started it. I was uh, an officer in the Capitol Police, and we can talk about that a little later. But mm-hmm. um, started right on, and yeah, man, it's been it's been a whirlwind from those first sporting goods stores I walked into, like begging someone to please buy my optic. <laughs> yeah. um, to now, we we sell all over the world, pretty much every continent, but Antarctica at this point. So um, it's been a crazy five six years. Yeah, yeah, that's it's cool to see people start up a business like you did and have success because not everybody does and you you must be doing something right and i think including like starting your own podcast and going on other podcasts because not everybody does that a lot of people don't even know what a podcast is still you know (laughs) so i like to see people putting themselves out there and kind of jumping into the 21st century you know what i mean yeah yeah uh yeah go ahead no, I was going to say, you're, no, you're right. <clears throat> I've had a lot of people ask us, like, oh, do you, how's you guys' uh, your blog going? Like, does it look like we're sitting over here in Birkenstocks fucking, like, <laughs> type of, like, like it's not a blog. Like, um, multiple times people have said that to me. Like, no, it's a podcast. Like, yeah. come on, Google it or something. A blog is doing great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How, how's, how's your YouTubes going? Yeah. 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 It's funny, man, because our industry is traditionally – and you referenced the UFC thing we did last week um, or two weeks ago, whatever it is now. Um, the shooting sports industry tends to be old school. Um, there's a few companies out there that I feel like are understanding it and, and pushing forward into marketing like the so a lot of other industries are doing. But the shooting sports industry as a whole is very old school. Mm-hmm. It's very, well, that's how granddaddy did it when he started the company. And that's how daddy did it. And that's how I'm doing it kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, she's print and a lot of things like that are still huge in this industry. We have marketing directors in this industry that are, well, I'm just going to take out full page ads and yeah. see what happens. Mm-hmm. And we've, we've gone so far from that from the very beginning. I'm getting chuckles back here in the background because um, that's just not my style, number one. And, and number two, that's, I don't know. I always feel like there's a better way to do something. That's why I started this company in the first place. Um, it has been a journey. Um, it's been a lot of stress and a lot of everything else that goes with trying to start a company. Um, when I when I started this, I had a full head of hair and was forty pounds lighter. But <laughs> <laughs> that's life. Um, but yeah, it's, it is one of those things where I think just trying to be progressive, having our own podcast, doing all the stuff we do on the marketing side, um, and then trying to keep up with that with our product development, and that's a, that's a huge thing for our success. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and I think you're you're right in the in that industry, whether it's firearms or like hunting, outdoor stuff. There, it's an old school thing, and a lot of guys stick with that old school mentality. But nowadays, you're seeing companies like yours who are not sticking just with old school stuff and kind of getting out there. You're having they're having success, you know. Yeah. Like one one of our sponsors, they're in the same industry, Adaptive Tactical. They make accessories for guns, and they're you see they're they're on Instagram. They're posting the reels. They're doing that stuff because. Nowadays, that's what grabs people's attention. I know you guys do that too. I've seen your guys as like reels and TikToks and stuff, and it's. I think it's 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 cool that people are stepping outside of that that norm and doing things like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I see. <clears throat> I think a big reason. I don't know. I could be dead wrong. I'm not a fucking economist, but um, I think a lot of the big companies really got complacent and relied too much on their government contracts to hold them up versus actually abiding by real capitalist law, you know, which is if you offer the best product and you deliver it the best way you win. Right. Right. But you don't, but anytime you have something that's just like professors, you know, is that professor going to give the best lecture or some guy who wants to get 
monetization on YouTube channel, get give the best information. Of course, the the fucking ladder on that one, right? And that's how I feel with like all the optics companies. Like I didn't use the best optics on my deployments. I used obviously Leopold, like the e- LERTs and everything, um, and like the Swiss rangefinders and uh, who made the with the stabilization binos. I can't remember who those were by. Those are fucking tits though. But um, but all these guys just got complacent, and it really was never the best product you could get. It was who was buddies with who and got Leopold and Night Force <laughs> and everybody else in there. But it wasn't their best products, you know. Yeah. And half of the shit, the Remington 300, I ended up using my second deployment. I was like, I made a comment like, throw this under a fucking truck tire. Like, yeah. This thing sucks, you know. Like, like no offense to Remington, whoever who likes whoever liked that fucking you know 300 win mag, but I did not like it, mm. yeah. you know. No, the uh, yeah. I think that's a good point, and we talk about that a lot of as far as the complacency of and and that's actually how that UFC thing came about. We have had a lot of big events in our industry canceled NRA shot show, stuff like that. And it was at the end of the day, we, we sell a product, but we sell ourselves. Right. So people buy our product cause they like Brady. They like Austin. They like whoever else is on our team. Yeah. And then we make a really good product. Right. Most people don't go in and just say, Hey, those guys are assholes, but I love their product. Let me buy it. Mm-hmm. So a big part for us is how do we get in front of people? How do we get our personalities out? How do we get our relationships built? And so that was kind of the UFC thing that came about was let's grab, you know, a rifle company, an ammo company, an optics company, five or six different companies that don't compete. Let's throw us all together. Let's go find a cool way to have a range day with a bunch of cool dudes. Mm-hmm. And that was an awesome event that we did. We're going to be doing what we call micro events kind of all over the country with this, uh, groups of people just because it gets us in front of people, not at that huge level of a shot show or of a, an NRA convention or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's, it's catching on, but that's definitely something that's been missed because like you said, it is a lot of these big companies do rely and, and it would be hard not to when you're getting hundreds of millions of dollars worth of government contracts, right? It's easy to just be like, why are we marketing it at all? Yeah, <laughs> you know, right. why would I even do that? The money's coming in and I don't have to do anything. Why spend money on marketing? So it is an interesting side of it when we are consumer driven and, and not really going after those government contracts because we want to, we want to stay in the, in the consumer space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and like you said, you're selling yourself as well. That's, I think you're seeing that more nowadays with companies where you're seeing the personalities behind the companies and not just their products out there. And that's helping guys grow. And there's a lot of companies that we could mention that do that. But like, that's something when we started this podcast, Kevin and I were talking about like, you know, if we get to the point one day where we get sponsors, like, do we just accept people without knowing who they are just because they're going to pay us a couple bucks or do we like go for the people that we like the people that are running that company? And so that's what we've chose to do. And that might not pay off for us. Hopefully it does. But so far we've landed some sponsors that we know the people behind the company. We like what they're doing. We like them as just human beings. And I think the customer is going to like them for that as well. And that yeah. seems like what you guys are doing is getting yourselves out there and letting yeah. people know. Like I listened, I listened to a few episodes of your podcast and it's, it lets people know who's behind the company, who's running the show, you know? Yeah. And that was the whole point of it. Like what you said right there from the beginning of when we were kind of prepping for this before we hit record, it's let's just have fun. Let's talk about the company, whatever, but let's just, let's just bullshit and have fun. Mm-hmm. That was kind of how we did with our podcast was, I don't, I don't want it to be this like conversation of how, how do I sling optics? I'm not trying to sell an optic during <laughs> yeah. a podcast. If that's your goal, then you're way off base. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, how do you get, let people understand of the type of people I am, you know, person I am and the type of people we are, but also 
we kind of just sat down and like, damn, we have a lot of cool people we know. Let's just bullshit with them and introduce them to everybody. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how the podcast is just kind of run with itself is people will see us having fun. They want to be on. And then you get to just have these cool conversations. And I love the podcast. This is weird. Me being on somebody else's podcast. <laughs> I love the podcast where I don't have to talk. I just get to sit here and just feed and let somebody else. do. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is weird when you go on the other end of the mic. We've done it yeah. a couple of times and it's, it's kind of fun because it is yeah. a little different and you're not, you're not really running the show when you're on someone else's, but it's yeah. Ours, ours is the same, man. Like we, we started <laughs> with, uh, just some interesting people we knew some of our buddies, whatever. And that has led to us meeting more interesting people and, right. and getting some cool people on here. And I think like something like a podcast, it shows people out there listening that like, we can come from all these different backgrounds. Like, like, like you were a Capitol police officer. You mentioned Kevin was in the military. I'm not, I was not in the military, but all these people can come together, sit down and bullshit and get along and have a good time. Right. And I think we've mentioned that on here a thousand times, but that's the real world. Like we can all get along. It doesn't matter who, who the right. fuck you voted for or any of that bullshit. We can all find shit to sit down and bullshit and have a good time. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And, and it's, and it's it's a different time, you know, like we're getting out of those they're still there and they're always gonna be there, maybe, but we're getting into those business owners who are jack of all trades, which is what I appreciate about all the guys we've had on, guys like you, like like you can you can design or build scopes, but also be a guy who's trying to work out, being a fucking a family man, you know, just reaching out on the podcast, learning something new, still be a shooter, do all these different things. You know, you can still work on your own house because the epitome of a man is someone who can adapt and learn, right? And yeah. getting away from people who like, all they know is they're in a fucking, they're a fucking, they're in a suit and they just run a company. You know, getting away from people who are only good at one thing. It's so boring. You know, that's like, and that's who's running Facebook, by the way. It's a, a dude who just never had any life experience. Went from college to owning a fucking business. Now he monetized you know, monetizes everybody and shuts everybody down. We don't believe what they say. Now he runs the world, runs the world, <laughs> but someone with no life experience. I have zero respect for that person. Like, I don't give a yeah. fuck about him. I don't, I don't care if you offer me money, like fuck him, you know? Yeah. So I like seeing business owners that can do it all and really just do it, you know? And that's what brings the humility. That's why you're not an asshole. Like you're probably an asshole in all the fun ways, like, <laughs> like, but you know, that. I'm using that one for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Asshole in the fun ways. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but no, I like that. Cause, yeah. um, you know, so when it comes to, sorry, I have to change, um, so, so I'm looking up your scopes a little bit. So you guys obviously, I mean, you get just get a lot, everybody else here, you're using ED glass. Um, is this, um, where, where do you guys get your glass, f- um, sorry, made? Um, so yeah, so jump into the technical side of the scope. Um, so we offer entry level all the way up to, I think our highest end right now is around that $2,000 mark. Yeah. Um, a couple things before going to the tech specs of it is we kind of looked at the industry and, and how optics are sold. You mentioned Leopold earlier. Um, they make great glass. They have a lot of military. I had on some military rifles that I shot when I was in the Air Force that had Leopold and I had EOTEX and had some other companies that right. had optics. They make other companies make good stuff. The problem is, is if you go to like a Leopold line, for instance, since they were brought up, we'll look at theirs. No one has a clue what xyz4719 model number is right so you get these consumers who go to try to buy something and they literally have no clue is that a good scope is it a high-end scope is it a low-end scope there's no real rhyme or reason to a lot of these product lineups um when it came to just offering scopes 
especially the companies that did a lot with the military, because then they take some military nomenclature and you have like Mark Zero Mod 7 X42 and you're like, what the fuck does that even mean? No one knows what that meant. And now they're trying to sell that to the consumer. So something we did is in our buying process, we did a bunch of research to try to figure out how do people buy and what are they looking for? So that's kind of how we came up with our one, three, five and seven series. That's kind of price point dependent. So it, it is kind of broke down by price. How much do you have? How much money do you have to spend? Okay. Here's your different categories, one, three, five or seven. And then we break it further down into hunting, which is our primal series, long range, which is our conquer and then tactics, which is our red dots and LPVOs. Um, and then each category, each price point has each of those in it. So if you have $300 and you're looking for a, a LPVO, okay, here's our X3 line and here's our one to eight. So we really simplified the buying process when we came out with our new line about a year and a half, two years ago. Um, and that's been really incredible towards our growth because people can walk in and say, I want a hunting scope and I have $400. Okay, here's our five primals and here's what you have to choose from. And so that's been something that's really big for us. So with that, then those price points kind of determine what you get in the the, the level of the scope. So one of the things we always talk about is you get, we try to offer you and give you the best scope possible for the amount of money that you spend. Correct. If you got $200 to spend, you're going to get the best scope you can buy for 200 bucks. It has HD glass. It has parallax. It has whatever the features of that scope might be. There isn't a better one out there for that price point. Can you spend more and get a better one? Of course. But if you only have two or $300 to spend or whatever your budget is, we'll give you the best scope for that budget. Um, so with that, we source our glass, all of our glass and our aluminum comes from Japan. Um, and the reason that's important is the Japanese forever have made really good quality glass and yeah. it's consistent. Um, and then aluminum is interesting because right now we're kind of going through this weird shortage of it in the, in the world, but aluminum is interesting because our scopes are made out of 6061 T6 aircraft grade aluminum. That isn't necessarily the same scale around the world, right? Correct. So you can go to... I don't know, pick a country, Argentina, and get 6061 T6 aluminum, that might is going to be different than what you get out of Japan. It might be better, it might be worse, but there's no real level that says everything has to be this great of aluminum. So something that we've done from the beginning is source our aluminum from Japan and our glass from Japan, so that way we know the quality that we're getting before we do anything else. So control the raw materials, and then we use that same glass and aluminum in all of our scopes. So if you buy a $200 entry level three to nine from us, you're getting Japanese HD glass and you're getting high quality aluminum. And then we final assemble our lower ends in China. We final assemble about $600 and up in Japan. And then we do have a U.S. assembled line, our patriotic line. Um, so it just depends on how much you want to spend where you kind of get that final assembly. So, but for us, it's the glass quality. That's the first thing everybody looks through. That's what makes a good scope versus a bad scope. So that was one of the things at the very beginning that I wanted to control. Right. And that's, and that's good. I, and that's what I was getting to because I, I appreciate that. Like, <clears throat> I like, honestly like Japanese glass and uh, German glass. You know, I don't like the glass because out of Taiwan and there's too many defects. The, you know, the uh, what's it, incidence, incidence of refraction is not always equal when a light is shining through it. Like, right. um, but it usually is in Japan and Jap J Japanese glass, Japanese guitars. I mean, all their shit they make is pretty fucking cool. Um, <laughs> but like, um, yeah, and I like the the simplicity of it because we've we've been coming through this phase in life over the last ten years, I would say now or close to, is simplifying things and to do better versus convoluting it and making like, okay, like you know, Vortex has like you know 
28 different styles and but the glass is different in all of them but one of them is high-end glass on a shitty fucking outpost the other one's got a good post on good glass and you're, you just kind of loot it and you don't know it becomes there we go it becomes ambiguous that's a good word for it yeah and then i you don't really know then you just you shop yourself out and then you don't buy it yeah but it's like well, now you have these options in front of you this is exactly what they are but they start with good glass now it's like okay this is making it easy i'm gonna go and buy this you know what i mean um and that's, I think, a very awesome model because I, I completely agree with that model. So, yeah. yeah. Well, and then we have other options if you want a higher-end turret, if you want, you know, so as we go through those lines, what you're paying extra for is not necessarily the glass. You're paying extra for how do the turrets track? How do they feel? Yeah. Is it bronze? Is it stainless? Is it brass? Is it what type of materials being used in the turrets? What type of zoom, you know, magnification ranges do you get? <clears throat> Um, and what type of illumination do you get? Different things. So there's added on features once you get out of that. But if we can control that baseline, which is what I'm huge controlling that raw material baseline, then all of a sudden you can pick up my scope against anybody else's for the same price and you can immediately see a better glass quality. Yeah. Yeah. And do you, do you shoot, uh, do you shoot, sorry, are you shooting in mills or are you like in hold off or using minutes? Of- I do both. Um, because no scope stays on any of my guns for more than a week or two before somebody steals it. Okay. Um, I do both, honestly. So I kind of, I learned them away. Um, I mean, shit, I grew up in Montana hunting. I learned how to just hold on the shoulder and pull the trigger. So yeah. <laughs> I didn't know any of that fancy shit. Um, and then I was in the Air Force, so that definitely didn't help my situation out. That didn't, uh, didn't exactly teach me shooting in the Air Force. Um, so I've kind of learned over the last 10 years or so because of owning the company i shoot both um a couple of both for the most part i think my default is probably moa just because that's what i grew up most scopes until about 10 years ago were pretty much moa when in the consumer market um mills definitely made a lot more run i think a lot more vets getting out and a lot more people that are trained on mills have have made that a a lot bigger as of late but in the past it was always only moa availability okay yeah no i i learned on moa in sniper school and it was right it was pretty much right right after when we switched to mills yeah on the mark five with the horse 56 uh, 57 whatever force 56 um no 58 jesus christ um so horse 58 reticle um which was a convoluted method of its own but it was super fun <laughs> to shoot like we're, we're gonna use the stair step method for someone's head but oh this dude's head has a fucking burka on it so now we gotta it's not 12 inches anymore so now we're gonna be off if we do that for a snap shooting like how do i measure this like like, like yeah i don't know so it's like uh so but it's still it's still fun to do that and yeah. then being like i'm getting ready to graduate in the physics program right now at bsu so everything we do is si units you know what i mean so I hate every range you go to. I've got to convert everything. And um, like, I honestly, I appreciate kilometers and meters way more. It's so much easier. Right. And I don't have like having to convert my units like 25.4 times your height and inches. You're basically converting SI units. Like, why do I have to do that first? Because everyone wants to work in yards here still. Yeah. Um, Cause it's not easier. Um, and it's easier to do the math when you are in SI units. Um, as long as you've been trained at least at a fundamental level. But um yeah, no. So, but I, I guess I could, I don't uh, practice in minutes whatsoever anymore, but I guess you're right. It's so good to know both, especially if you're working with someone who is and you got to be able to con- like translate it for them, you know? Yeah. Um, that's and, a good and I don't, I don't profess to be some long range shooting wizard. I normally hit what I'm aiming at, but I, I'm also, I have other guys that are way hell of a lot smarter than me than that. So <laughs> I don't, uh, yeah. I don't profess to know a lot of that stuff. So it's kind of interesting. They gave me shit around the office cause I, I hit what I'm aiming at, but a lot of the times it's just more of a natural because I've been shooting for three decades. Right. 
you know, exactly knowing the, the science and everything behind it. So yeah, there's a, there's a lot more of that. I've never been formally trained as a, as a long distance shooter. Yeah. And I think it's, it's a, I, I think it's fun to go out and just, you know, practice some alternate firing positions at long ranges with any weapon system an M4 to a long gun just to be good. But at the same time, it's like, same here. I'm not going to try to be the best because if the, the amount of time and money it takes to be in the top, let's say 10% or 5% in a nation, you've lost out on so many other things in that time. Yeah. Being with your kids, learning a different something else, getting fucking jacked, like just doing anything <laughs> else. Like it's not, it's not worth being the best at something and losing that time and money. You could be part of something else. Like, am it, I good? It is hard with that. Like, yeah. especially the balance. Like I have two small kids, um, nine and six. And obviously right on is my largest child that I have to deal with on a daily basis. Um, <laughs> no offense back there. The, uh, <laughs> uh, it is, man. It's all consuming. And it is hard because I love, I love being successful at things. I love, I'm not the type of guy that's like, oh yeah, I'm going to go half-ass this. You know, right. But then you hit the nail on the head right there with time. Yeah, it's so hard to try to. Oh man, I got to get a workout in today, and then all of a sudden it's eight o'clock at night, and you're like, "Holy shit! I just I just want to sit down. Mm-hmm. I completely missed my opportunity to do anything today." And so it is one of those things where I've, I'm trying to teach myself. I was so regimented through growing up on a ranch, and this is the times we do things, and then the military, and then law enforcement, and then and now as a business owner, I find myself like, "Wait a minute! I can actually take a few minutes." No one's going to bitch me out if I go work out at noon. Mm-hmm. I don't need to ask permission from anybody, but I get so regimented in my day. And, and time is that one thing that like, man, I'd love to be one of the best shooters in the world. I have zero time to actually do that. And so then I, I got to be okay with myself of being, okay, I can hit what I'm, uh, what I'm shooting at when I'm hunting. What's the reality of yeah. level versus time that you have to invest, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's a hard thing to come around to. Well, it is. Time, and I, yeah. oh, go ahead. I was gonna say that's and that's why I I came I came around to that you know kind of conclusion a few years ago and so when you do go shoot right you're doing what's absolutely applicable not what looks hot you know right. like I honestly might confirm my zero my in the prone but I'm not shooting from the prone because I'm never gonna fucking shoot from the prone I'm shooting from an uncomfortable shitty position right and if I'm pistol shooting it's uncomfortable from an awkward position or moving even but I, granted you have to have, have the fundamentals down first. But you can't just go just to blow time on that when you're like, what do I need to work on that's applicable for now? You know, am I going to shoot out of my vehicle? Whatever it is. And so it's really just about being smart. You know, what if I need to be fitter, what is the best way to get fit that can do in an hour, right? Yeah. Without having to put in a lot of recovery, like training with heavy ass weights and shit. (laughs) Right. Like you can row and do fucking a bunch of push-ups and pull-ups and dumbbell work and be just fine. Yeah. You know, um, it's amazing how you kind of, I've tailored it that way of like, man, I really want to lift some heavy weight. And then you're like, well, I, I got shit to do tomorrow. I can't just be sore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. I'm not going to be able to walk tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's be functional. Yeah. No, time, time management, man. That's a, I've talked about that on here a bunch too. That's something I'm super interested in is especially when we have guys on here who are far busier than I am. And I'm, I'm a pretty busy guy, but we've had guys on here, like including yourself who have so many different things they're doing. And, I'm always curious, like how, cause you got to fit, you know, you got to fit your job in there. You got to fit the family in there, the wife and kids, the, uh, recreational activities you like to go do. And that's something I, it's a battle with me all the time is trying to figure out like, okay, when can I fit this in here and make things work? Make sure I'm there to pick up the kids from school. Make sure I, you know, it's, it's a, it's an interesting thing to me, just how, especially the busier someone is like, how the fuck do you have time? 
to do all the shit you guys do like the the hard thing is and i've I've noticed this is i don't have any clue when people start talking about whatever the latest and greatest tv show is or Mm -hmm. hey watch this or you watch that i i have no clue i literally i don't watch tv i don't so i i realized and and you really prioritize things and you just start kicking that shit out that doesn't matter mm-hmm. and tv for instance doesn't matter so, you know i'll listen to i was listening to your guys' podcast as i'm driving into work you know um and things like that is how you just have to prioritize your those hobbies that don't really matter that were kind of fun those go by the wayside i haven't had a round of golf in a year that i've really played because my kids play golf now so now when i go i'm helping them mm-hmm. and i'll play two or three holes with them i don't actually ah, I haven't had a guy's day where I played 18 holes and drank some beers and I can't even remember how long. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's really hard. And you have to have an amazing understanding wife, which is first and foremost, the kids understand. Cause I travel a lot. Um, the guy, the kids understand that, Hey, this is, this is work. This is how, you know, that fancy shit that you like to play with the nice clothes you like to wear the house over your head. This is how that comes about. So I've tried my best to help them understand that when I'm gone, it's, to provide when i'm here i'm gonna you're gonna get my undivided attention and that's something i've struggled a lot with of like taking this thing right here that just vibrated in my hands as i picked it up mm-hmm. and i leave it when i come home at night it goes on the counter over by my bar and i don't touch the damn thing i'll check it right before i go to bed to make sure nothing weird happened other than that i try my best to just shut it off that's something I, I'm, I'm trying to learn that good. i'm trying to learn that with the phone as well because like with this podcast i've become a busier person I'm, right we're trying to run this podcast like we'd run a business and my wife's brought that to my attention attention a couple times like i'll be i'll be pulling up my phone and looking at the analytics for the podcast and she's like do you really got to look at that right now I'm like shit you're right you're right i love that when you do it at dinner and <sighs> yeah man and, it over. <laughs> and when you're when you're trying to grow something like we are with this and like you have been doing with your company i mean that's a lot of your attention goes that and i try to i try to balance it you know the best i can and i don't do perfect by any means but I think I'm getting better at it. <laughs> well, I want to say before you go any further, congrats on the one year anniversary. I think your oh, last podcast you. was your one year anniversary. So yeah, you're obviously you. doing something right to make it that far. So we're trying. Congrats on that one. Appreciate that. Yeah, it's been a it's been a interesting thing because we jumped into this neither of us knowing a thing about podcasting other than we like to listen to them. You know, I'm sure you've gone yeah. through the same stuff. And yeah, well, we yeah, I people that get successful in this usually have a following first or have a company or have some notoriety first. They can kind of like have a foundation to sit upon. And we're just like two random fucking white people that nobody knows. (laughs) We're just like, yeah. yeah. (laughs) And so, yeah. And most podcasts like that, I think Jake was saying, make it seven episodes. That's the, the, if a podcast is going to fail or if they're going to quit, I was doing some research. It's usually like within seven to 10 episodes, they say, fuck it. And they quit because they're not, because they're not seeing it go anywhere. So they're like, why am I putting my time into this? And we've, I mean, this will be episode, what, 55. Yeah. And we're growing, we're growing with every episode. It's it's going the right direction. It's just, there is times where it's kind of disheartening. Like we'll have an episode with a guest where I'm thinking, oh, this one's going to be fucking huge. And it's not, I'm like what the hell and yeah. then we'll have one with, with with someone who like maybe they don't have a big social media following or whatever so i'm thinking okay this one won't track as well and it does amazing yeah. so it's i'm we're still trying to figure it out the uh i get to play podcast host for a minute um how did mission prep where where did that come from i could ask you guys a few questions so where did the po- podcast itself come from or the name the name and then how did you because obviously, like, did the idea come and then you guys named it? Or how did it kind of come about? It, it was the idea first. Um, 
so probably for like a year, I was telling Kevin, because Kevin and I grew up together. Sorry for our listeners who have heard this story a thousand times. Uh, <laughs> but no, so we grew up together. We've been friends for a long time. And for about a year, because we both listen to a lot of podcasts. Yeah. And I can sit and talk to anybody forever. I'll talk everybody's ear off. I don't have to know you. We're going to be friends by the time I'm done talking. That's just how I am. And it's kind of a blessing and a curse. But I I like talking. I'm interested in people. I'm interested in where they come from, why they do the things they do. And so I'm like, fuck, I want to have a podcast. And Kevin here is one of the smartest guys I know. And he's interesting himself, interesting background. So I'm like, dude, let's get together and fucking do this. And he for about that year kept saying, yeah, let's do it. Let's, let's do the podcast. Let's do the podcast. Well, when, when all the COVID shit started happening, I decided, you know, let's fucking do it. I was still working. My, my work got, got busier, but I was thinking, you know, maybe there's going to be a time where I'm not gonna be able to do shit. I want to do, you know, I could die or shit could be taken away from me. You don't know, you know, just, I started thinking. So I told Kevin, let's start it. I'm going to order some stuff. And him still thinking I wasn't really going to do it. I was like, yeah, dude, let's let's do it. And I ordered all the equipment we needed to get rolling. And here we were sitting in my garage one day starting a podcast. <clears throat> and so, but we, we went back and forth with names and names. And he came up with the name. And you can explain why why you came up with the name. Oh, it came up through personal experience and experience of people around me that did well. The people that do well, obviously, they, all, they always struggle the most. Cause through that struggle, you know, brings that change, you know? Um, and so when you struggle, why are we struggling? It's usually because we have a hard time like pushing our own path or writing our own op orders. So that's where mission prep comes from. It's like, what are we prepping for to be a better person, to apply more struggle, to get more fit, to eat better, to be more healthy, to be more available emotionally to our kids, our families, like everything is a, a, is in preparation for some sort of mission. So it's not like mission as in like, we're going to kick down doors and be fucking, you know, <laughs> yeah. knuckle draggers, you know, that whole shit. But it's like, no, just anything's a mission, you know. Now, yeah. if it's just get up and go fucking do some gardening in the morning, what do we need to do to get your ass up and do it, mm-hmm. you know? And Love so, it, man. Yeah. It's awesome. So that's yeah. why we talk about everything, and it's not, you know, just a bunch of questionnaires because like, oh, how do other people manage these struggles and push through this and get up every day and do this? Like, you just find who the person really is at a core, like, fundamental level. And all of a sudden, people are like, yeah, I want to buy their product because it's an awesome person. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's just weird how we happen to find a lot of people that have these attributes about themselves that align themselves more towards the right, I guess. And that's, like, we didn't have any... We didn't have any aspirations of like, oh, we just want to talk, talk to two-way people and all this other shit. Not whatsoever. Yeah. But I don't want to talk to someone who's just all about like politics and all about fucking like, oh, my poor me. You know, everybody else is against me. They they're usually not on the right side of it. Well, you know what I mean, that's on that's on either side of the coin too. Like, there's because we have had a lot of gun guys and stuff on here, and neither of us are like staunch conservative Republicans. No, no, we're not. It's I mean, we've talked about that bunch of times we're pretty down the middle on most subjects but we've we're interested in things like guns so that's one reason we've brought on a lot of guys that are in that world but it's i don't know it's that's why i was saying earlier that people can have different views and still sit down and fucking talk with each other and and have a good time and not hate each other because they think something different and i think like because we've had people you know conservative or liberal on this podcast who 
everybody gets along and everybody that listens seems to like them no matter where they come from. Right. Yeah. And no matter what their political, because we also don't like to get into talking about the, you know, political views of a person on the podcast because there's enough of that in the fucking world. Well, you, see it, right? <laughs> you already see it every day. Someone's just yeah. like, someone's just like, I don't watch TV. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's, uh, and I think people, I think especially over this past couple of years, people have had enough of politics and people crying about whether their president won or didn't win and all this shit. It's like, we don't even touch on that at all. Cause I don't think anybody wants to hear it. You know what I'm saying? I'll mark politics off of my to talk about. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's, it, 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 it gets brought up usually on the periphery of the podcast. Like if I had people that from, you know, during, uh, go to school with me and they've listened or whatever and like, Oh, that's cool. Like, yeah, we're not really, you know, we don't like guns or anything like that. And like, okay. Like we actually like, we like prefer like vote against that. Yeah, this is actually one guy who's been a few classes with me. I'm like, well, dude, like, that's your own opinion. That's cool. Like, that's not what the podcast is about. Yeah. And second of all, like, because he always brings it every time we hang out, whether it's a podcast or not. And I'm like, you think he's from like Seattle or something like that, California? I'm like, dude, they don't change. People have lived this way a long time. So they have in Arizona. Like, don't come here and try to like change the way it is. Just go somewhere else where it's already that way. Like, I don't understand, like, because it gets brought up a lot, you know, and by multiple people, like, so, so I guess we have kind of like filtered ourselves through a, a lens that looks maybe more right than it is, mm. more right wing than it is. But really, it's yeah. just that we like cool ass people and a lot of yeah. them own businesses. A lot of people that own businesses don't like get to get their shit fucked with. So they <laughs> vote right. Like, yeah. go figure, you know? <laughs> I think that's funny because we, I was talking about, uh, I can't remember what podcast we were talking about, but it is funny as it, the majority of business owners, unless you're that super, you talked about Facebook earlier, but the the companies that kind of make up the majority of companies in America, if you really look at the ownership, and I'm not quoting any facts or anything, just the people I know, but if you really look at the ownership of those companies, they're by and large conservative. Yes. Because yes. when you work your ass off 20-something hours a day, every day of the week, to try to build something, and then you take on employees, and then now you're responsible for them, and then you start having this big thing around you that you grew from nothing, the last thing you want to do is go pay more taxes. The last thing you want to do is have more government regulation against your shit because you have been the person that's worked your ass off to build that. And so I think by and large, like I said, some of the higher big, huge companies maybe are exempt from that a little bit. Um, but by and large, the bulk of companies in this country, if you talk to the owners of those companies, they're going to lean more conservative just for the simple fact of, Hey man, I took on the risk. I went and built this. I put the money out. The last thing I want is for you to come in here and tell me I got to pay more taxes. I have more regulations. I have more of this, more of that. COVID, I can't have my doors open. No, that's not the way this country works. Me and you both serve in the military for this sole reason. The government doesn't get to come and tell me that I can't keep my doors open, that I can only be in business in a certain type of business. That's not the way any of this works. I get to run my business. I want you to leave me the hell alone. And I don't want to pay more taxes than I have to. Right. And I think that that tends to come through. So even if you're not seeking it out, if you start talking to successful people or business owners, by and large, you're going to get a lot of conservative people that you talk to. Mm. And it's not that they're gun toting, you know, conservative, I mean, <laughs> come and yeah. take it kind of guys. It's just, I love my guns. I love my rights. I fought for those. And as a law enforcement officer and military, I want my rights. But at the same token, I know how hard I've worked to get them. And so I think that's where it comes. I don't have any come and take it tattoos on me. I don't have any of that. But 
damn sure I'll stand up if something comes in and tries to take away what I've worked so hard for. Yeah. And I, I do feel like a lot of people on the other side try to make, want to make everybody like them and they're bitter when people aren't. Yeah. Like you should be just like me and think the way I think. Cause I don't like guns. I don't like, you know, veterans. I don't like police. And I'll just like, why does everybody have to think the same way as you? Isn't that narcissism? Like, okay. but th- then again, a lot of millennials are entitled motherfuckers. And then if they just happen to sit on that side, they're entitled, but haven't earned it. Then next thing you know, you're egocentric and everyone should be like you and think the way you think. And you're right. bitter everybody when they don't. But see, I, I think, I think that goes back to what I've said before on here. Like, just because someone is like on the more liberal side, I don't necessarily think all of them want you to believe what they believe. And I think that's once again, like I've said before, the fucking internet is making, makes it so accessible to see these loud ass people talk about how, and it's the same on the right. Cause like he was saying, people think like, Oh, gun tote and blah, blah, blah. And that's not most conservative people. Most conservative people aren't, you know, wearing their grunt style shirt and their fucking, come and take it hat you know what i mean but the people on the left probably think that because of what they see on either tv like you said which you don't watch which good good on you (laughs) and the internet social media because that's all you're seeing because like me and you both know liberal people that they'll tell you their point of view but they're not trying to change the way you think like i mean we've had conversations with liberal people who have a different view but they're not hating on you for how you believe well usually they don't because they were in a society where it's easy to do it on social media because mm. that same person you see being very passive with you is not passive at all on social media. And that goes for the right too. That's just any, that's just a lot of people, not all people, not me. I'm an extreme motherfucker. Like when I talk to people clearly, I'm an asshole, but at least you know where you stand. Like I'm genuine. You're, Jake's, a, you're a sweetheart. Shut up. I know. <laughs> I love every, I do love people. Well, when, but, you, when you come from like where we were talking about, you're more in the middle. I don't know if it makes it harder or easier because you can see both sides of things, right? If you were like hardcore conservative or hardcore liberal, that's all you're seeing. You're like, I'm right no matter what. Right. So then maybe that's easier because you're like, eh, what I have, what I'm thinks right. So fuck everybody else. Yeah. When you're in the middle, like, like me and you pretty much are on politics, it's like, God, I can kind of see where they're coming from there, but I can kind of see where they're coming from on the other side. But yeah, it's like a battle. But that's why curiosity is the should he be the denominator here yeah because curiosity leads the socratic method i can just ask you 20 different questions in like not in a very like black and white manner just ask you 20 questions and now you will funnel yourself into a place where i have an understanding of you as long as you're answering honestly like dude how do you how do you feel like mac and cheese man like man mac and cheese sounds like two lesbians (laughs) having sex like no like no i know like all right like I, it, 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 it guides me somewhere on understanding you, you know, yeah. just ask questions. I'm never going to look at back at you. No shit. No shit. So I guess that that's our, that's our political talk for the episode. Yeah. <laughs> we'll just call it the Mac and cheese. Oh fuck. So I, I do want to go back into, into like your, your military career and your, uh, law enforcement career. How long were you in the military for? Uh, I was in for just over five, uh, five and a half years or so. Okay. What year, what year did you join? Uh, 2000, Three, okay. Jeez, that was a long time ago. God, old, <laughs> old man. I know, right? <laughs> what happened? Uh, now shit. we just sound like a bunch of old guys sitting here bitching about a new generation of. I people. know. <laughs> Kevin's over here yelling about millennials, and <laughs> <laughs> I'm still like working on my coffee. It's like two o'clock. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Uh, yeah, I joined in 2003. Um, 
I was, uh, and I always give this caveat, I was in the Air Force. I was an air traffic controller. Um, people think because I own an optics company, I was some high-speed dude or something like that. I was not. I did this. I had headphones on, and I talked into a microphone to airplanes. Mm. So, um, yeah, so I did that for a little over five years. Um, and then I deployed once to the Middle East um, and really didn't get anything fun out of that. It was cool to go, but mm. once again, I was kind of didn't get to go do anything fun that I, w- I would consider fun. Um, and then I got out. I got my degree uh, from Arizona State, which is a big thing I don't talk about because I live in Tucson now. And University of Arizona, they're very, very angry here. <laughs> my wife went to University of Arizona, so I got to deal with that shit every day. Um, so, yeah, I got a degree in, in business and entrepreneurship. Um, I kind of knew I always wanted to start a business. I just didn't know what. Um, and then I actually kind of missed the whole brotherhood, quote unquote, of the military. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of what led me back to law enforcement. Um, so I ended up taking a job with the Capitol Police out in Washington, D.C. Did that for a few years. And that's when the, the ride on opportunity kind of started. Um, I started consulting for an optics company. And so that kind of led to, hey, how about you don't pay me, you just build me some prototypes. Um, so I started kind of building some prototypes over the course of about a year or so. Um, and they would, I would work for a little while, I would send some ideas. Um, what I was kind of consulting on, because I'm not an optical engineer, and I don't even claim to be, um, I was consulting on more of the usage of an optic. How do, how do you mount it? How do you use it? What's the throw lever, the rings, the magnification? Uh, different things like that, not the actual how the parts go together on the inside. Um, so I started doing that. I started getting more and more prototypes. And then I kind of just reached out to my network of of guys I grew up with in Montana that hunted, all my military buddies. And I started finding dudes that were like, oh, cool, you're stationed in Fairbanks, Alaska, and it's January. I'm going to send you a scope and take it outside and beat the shit out of it and let me know what you think. <laughs> and I kind of just did that for, I don't know if, uh, how many times, but... To a point where I don't want to know the good things. I just want to know the bad things. Tell me what sucks about this. And we did that for a while. And then finally got to a point where we had like these two product lines that were like a decent. Now we've come so far. Oh, my gosh. In the last five or six years. But at the time, they were a decent product lineup. Um, And so we kind of were like, well, what do we do now? Like, I we have these things. We can make them and we can start a company. Or my wife worked for IBM at the time. I was working at the Capitol Police, so I kind of had a cushy government job. She had a cushy corporate job. Life was pretty good, and we had two small kids. Um, so we kind of were at that point where, like, do we just kind of let this die, or do we do something with it? Um, and then I actually did the State of the Union address for Obama. I can't remember when that was, 2000, whenever. can't remember. The 11 or 12, 13, somewhere in there. Yeah. Um, and I, I worked for like two or three days straight and didn't didn't leave the Capitol building. So didn't even see fresh air for like three days. Didn't see my wife, my kids, anything. And it was like January in D.C., which sucks, like <laughs> the coldest place I've ever been. And I finally came home and I was like, I'm done. This is this is bullshit. And like I work for a bunch of ungrateful people that could give a shit less that I'm there protecting them. I love the people I work with, but the people that I was actually protecting um could care less the majority of them just looked at us as a is a annoyance that we were there um and i don't see my family i don't see my wife i don't have a regular life i was working all godly hours of the day and i kind of was at that point because i was in my 30s at that point in time and i was like all right something's got to give so literally over the next week or so we were like okay let's do this 
we're going with ride on. We're going to run with it. And let's, let's see what happens. Right. My wife kept her job, was able to move. And we kind of had that fallback to go to. So we we're like, let's do it. Um, I grew up in Montana. She grew up in Arizona. We had more family in Arizona. So we came to Arizona. So we had some help with the kids and we just started running with ride on. So, um, like I said, that was in 2015, early 2015 that, that happened. So, um, been kind of a, a whirlwind ever since. Hell yeah. How'd you come up with ride on by the way? Uh, honestly, it was, I always joked that it was easier to name my kids than my company. Um, <laughs> the, it just was something we wanted something catchy and then we, it, we just heard it over and over and over. It, you go to a gun range and everybody's like, Oh man, that was right on, right on target. Like you'll say right on a hundred more times today. Yeah. And every time you say, it, you're like, damn it, Brady. Like, yeah. <laughs> Cause it's just some people say it all the time. Like, yeah, right on, man. Yeah. And we honestly, I just heard it a bunch of different times whenever I'd go shoot, whenever I'd go do anything. And I didn't want to be like, all right, G H T O N. So we just kind of a plan words and, and that's how right on came about. Nice. No, that's cool. I think it's cool because I obviously assumed it was like after like right on, but if you spelt it out right on, that's like, it's so on the nose. It's like stupid. It's like the corny Mormon <laughs> kid who sits next to you in class. Right. But, but when it's like a short one word, five to six letters, it's yeah. so much easier to market. It just looks good. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I guess so we, we've hit about an hour now we can wrap it up, but where can people find everything you guys are doing? Uh, right on optics.com is the easiest. Um, go to your local sporting goods store, go to the local gun store. Um, if they don't have it, tell them to get in contact with us because we can stock it. We can get it to them. Um, but honestly, the best thing, and I'm going to take a second here if you guys don't mind, RightOnOptics.com, we have a, an incredible thing in there called Right on University. Um, you can click on it. We do. We add videos, what, every week, every two a week or whatever we're doing now. Um, and it's we're trying to educate people. So if you don't have a clue what you're doing, go to Right on University. Call us. I don't care if it's about our optic. Or if you're wondering what gun to buy or you're wondering whatever, call and talk to us. Get on right on university. Um, it's a big thing we've been pushing as far as an education level to try to get people to understand and get into the shooting sports. We had 7 million new gun owners last year. Um, we, people are uneducated. They're mm-hmm. walking around with guns. Right. And I'm all for everybody carrying a gun, but get some education behind it. So for sure, uh, right on university is on there. Um, that's a big one. Obviously, we do our own uh, podcast, the right on podcast. And then any social media channel you can find right on optics. Cool. And I'll, I'll, I'll link all of that in the description for this episode so people can find out what you guys are doing. And I agree. Education for firearms is needed for, especially when there's that many new gun owners. <laughs> right. Yeah. So cool, man. Well, I appreciate you coming on and doing this. This is, this was cool. We'll yeah. do it again someday. Probably. Perfect. Yeah. I'd love to anytime. All right, man. Well, we appreciate you. 